0: Titus chapter 3, verse 6, the book of Titus starts off very practical, but it ends very powerful. Last week, the apostle Paul said that we are saved, in verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And these are such clear and substantive words about salvation. They, they tell us that we are not saved by works that we have done. So that should end the debate over whether or not uh, works are necessary for salvation because we're not saved by those works, uh, the Bible says. They, they tell us that we are saved by God's mercy by two things. If you look back in your text, Washing us clean from our sins by regeneration. And number two, renewing or making us new by the Holy Spirit of God. Now if you have a pen, uh, take your pen and in verse five, underscore the word washing. Washing. Now take your pen and underscore the word renewing. Renewing. Man, that beats the Texas two-step by far, you know? Washing and renewing. That's the best two-step process you can have. The washing is done by the water of God's Word, which tells us that what Jesus did for us in the gospel message. If you're taking notes, write down Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 26. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 26 says this, Husbands, love your wives... Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Listen closely now. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The word of God is the water that washes us. Telling us about what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so uh, when when we believe the word of God concerning the gospel. We are washed by Jesus' death and burial. And then we're renewed by Jesus' resurrection. As our past is buried with Jesus. And our new life is raised again with him. The word washes us. And the spirit renews us. As the spirit applies the word to our hearts by faith. And to our account. And that good? The Holy Spirit takes the word of God. And he applies the word. ...to our heart by faith, and the work of Christ to our account. The Word to our heart, the work to our account. And so, washing us by the water, and renewing us by the Spirit, the water of God's Word and the Spirit of God. Now, keep your place here in Titus chapter 3, and turn the Gospel of John chapter 3, the Gospel of John chapter 3... This is a very famous but very mysterious passage of Scripture. For a lot of people, it confuses them. But when you shed God's light on God's Word, which God's Word does, God's Word is not only the water that cleanses us, it's the light that illuminates us. And so when we take God's Word and we shine it on the other parts of Scripture, it makes them come clear to us. So that's what we're going to do with the book of Titus this morning. John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus told Nicodemus, if you're there, read it out loud with me. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now that... It's not quite as mysterious as it was before, if you've read it before. So in this passage, take your pens and underscore the word water. That's the washing part in Titus chapter 3. The washing of water by the word, as we just read in the book of Ephesians. Now underscore the word spirit. That's the renewing part in Titus chapter 3. The water makes us clean, the Spirit makes us new. The Word of God washes away our sins by our faith when we hear God's word about what Jesus did for us, and the Spirit of God makes us new. Now think about that. Jesus said those the same two things that Paul said have to happen, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. How did he save us by his mercy? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And so we get to John chapter 3. He says a man has to be born of water and the Spirit. That's the washing of regeneration. The renewing of the Holy Spirit. And so the water makes us clean. The Spirit makes us new. Now think about this. If God made us new. But He didn't make us clean. Could you imagine that? God making us new but He doesn't make us clean. We we could enter God's kingdom, could we? That's why he said you have to be have these two things happen to you to enter into the kingdom of God. It would be born of water and the Spirit, which happens simultaneously, by the way, when we put our faith in Jesus as our Savior. <laughs> but that's what the gospel does. It doesn't just make us clean, it makes us new. So if God made us new, but He didn't make us clean, we couldn't enter the kingdom as filthy people, could we? On the other hand... Suppose God made us clean, but He didn't make us new. <laughs> what if the other happened like that? Uh, well, if, if God didn't make us, uh, if God made us clean, but He didn't make us new, then our old identity would still be an atom, and our nature would still be corrupt. It would be like taking a, an old, uh, uh, dirty pig, and you may have heard the illustration before, and so you wash the pig up real good, make the pig clean, Preachers used to say, when I grew up, you put Chanel number five on the pig. I guess that was popular back then. I don't know. I never wore any myself. But uh, maybe Brother Billy could tell us how it smells. I don't know. He's pretty, pretty swagger guy. But uh, but that would be like washing the pig. You made it clean, but you didn't make it new. It still has that pig nature. It still wants to wallow in the mire. Could you imagine going? To the kingdom of God where it's all clean and holy and wonderful. And you, you don't like it there. Well that's no good. See the, the Bible makes us clean inside and out. So Jesus said we had to be born both of water that is washed clean from sin through the gospel and of the spirit that is made new in Jesus Christ to enter into God's kingdom. That's what Paul said God has done for us in Jesus through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And now speaking of the Holy Ghost, Paul said that was something in verse 6, which he, that is God, shed on us. Now the pronoun which here may be a little confusing to some of us because you may think, well Brother Richard, I thought the Holy Ghost was a person, not a thing. Why would it say which? Well the Greek word translated which here it's also translated as who or whom or whose uh, and, and the, the translators Uh, uh, they preferred which here? Now, if you were to read the modern King James translation, it translates, not the new King James, I'm not sure how it is, but the modern King James, it translates it as whom he shed on us. But I can understand why most translations use the neuter case of this pronoun, and translate it which. It's not incorrect. And that's because the Holy Spirit here is being spoken of something that's shed. It's being spoken of as a non-person. It's being spoken of in a, uh, a, uh, a manner of speaking here. Okay? So when we're thinking of shed here, don't think of a shed that keeps water off of you or off of your your lawnmower or something like that. But we're thinking of the word shed here in the Greek. The word translated shed here, it means to pour. To pour. And you think, well, why would shed be, mean to pour? Well, think about this. If some part of you, you have, let's think of two things that are on the inside and that are part of every one of us, okay? First of all, let's think about when we get sad and water flows down our cheeks, that comes from us. It flows down our cheeks. What do we do? We shed tears, don't we? Let's think about blood. That's very much part of us too. You don't have blood. You don't have you, right? I mean, you die. It's, that's our life. is in the blood, the scriptures say. So that's part of us. And when, when the blood pours out, we say we what? We shed blood. And so we're talking about something that is intrinsically part of us. That then departs from us. It pours from us. You see how that works? The tears shed. That's part of us. It comes from us. And it leaves and pours out of our bodies. The blood sheds. It's part of us. It pours out of our bodies. The Holy Ghost is part of God. And God shed the Holy Ghost down upon us. That's what the Scripture's saying here. So it's whom... But it's which, because it's being spoken of here as something that was poured out from God. The Holy Spirit. So, as the clouds shed water that lands upon us. Thank God we've gotten some good rain lately. So the Holy Ghost... Was shed from God. And He has landed upon every one of us. Who believe in Christ as our Savior. What does Paul mean when he says. God poured the Holy Ghost upon us. Like He's water. And He's pouring the Holy Ghost. He's shedding the Holy Ghost down on us. If you're taking notes. uh, Write down Isaiah chapter 44 verse 3. Which He shed upon us. The Apostle Paul said, By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost which He shed upon us. Think of that water coming down. We just went through a terrible drought. And what a relief it was when the water poured down upon this dry parched land. Isaiah chapter 44 verse 3. Listen to what God said. He said, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. Remember what Jesus said, whoever is thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That living water is the Holy Spirit of God, which he shed upon us, who gives us life. So God says through the prophet Isaiah, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods, Upon the dry ground. Listen, as he continues, God says, I will pour my spirit upon thy seed. God wasn't talking about pouring water upon thirsty people physically. Remember what Jesus said to the woman at the well? If you would have asked me, I would have given you water you could drink and never thirst again. He wasn't talking about physical water. Jesus is the same one who talked to the woman at the well, who's talking through Isaiah to us in the Old Testament. Same God, same Holy Spirit. And God said, "I'll pour water upon him that is thirsty, floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my Spirit upon thy seed, and mine blessing upon my offspring." So God said, "I will pour water," and then He said, "I will pour my Spirit." You see how the Holy Spirit is being likened to water, being poured out from God. In Isaiah 44, 3, we see that He is poured out upon whom? Him that's thirsty. Him that's thirsty. We also see that He's poured out upon what? Upon dry ground. Something where there's the, the, the water is missing. In other words, by the Holy Spirit of God... The Holy Spirit satisfies our longings. He's poured out upon the thirsty. The Holy Spirit gives life and blessing. Where barrenness and death once were in our lives. He poured upon the dry ground. This summer was very difficult for us. It was so hot and dry. and Places were burning up. And acres were catching on fire. And many uh, trees and other vegetation died. But this, this morning, Brother Colvin came up here. Uh, he, uh, he hopped on the riding lawn more last week and cut the church lawn. And we're so thankful for that. Anyone ever want to help him, he'll be glad to take the help. And, uh, and he came up to me this morning. He said, the rain ruined what it did last week. <laughs> I said, yes, it did. It did at my house, too. After God poured out that abundant rain, it became like spring again. God gave us showers of blessing. I put some green beans in the ground. And they're already popped up. It's like having another spring. My grass is growing again. My little fig tree gotten a whole lot taller. That have been nurturing along through that hot summer. And in the same way. Sin once left all of us. Once left all of Adam's race. is just dead barren souls. Souls that have neither life nor spiritual blessing. And those of us who put our faith in Christ, we once longed for God. We thirsted for His salvation. We we, uh, 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 thirsted for the truth and for forgiveness and eternal life. Uh, uh, and, And sin had dried up every grain of sand in our souls. That's the way it felt to me one time. But one day we heard the gospel. One day we heard what Jesus did for us on the cross and we came to place our trust in the wounds he bore for us on Calvary and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon us and our thirsty souls were finally quenched and new life began to grow where only death had been. God did not send the showers of His Spirit sparingly upon us. Look back in your text in the book of Titus. He poured, He shed out His Spirit on us. How? Abundantly is the adverb here. Abundantly. When the summer was so hot this year, there were times when we'd get just a little sprinkle of water. It'd be little pockets of water. Oh, you know what was bad? When you'd watch the radar and you'd see it coming up everywhere but your place. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or it would get to your place and just go away suddenly. You know, Maybank gets more than we do in Athens. Y'all living better, I guess. But, but boy, sometimes it would just sprinkle a little bit, and and it wasn't enough to get down to the roots. You know, I came home one day. I thought I'm going to feel the ground. I wanted to reach my hand in there and feel it moist. I stuck my finger there and just dry as a bone. But when God poured out His Spirit, He didn't send a light mist of His grace upon us, did He? No, He sent eternal showers of His blessing that will never end. Jesus said, you'll never thirst again. The watery truth of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. The watery truth that He's ascended up on high and taken captivity captive. The watery truth, He's coming back to make a new heaven and a new earth. And that one day, as Brother Shepherd spoke of this morning, we're going to have real peace. The Bible says the knowledge of God is going to cover the earth as the water covers the seas. That watery truth of Jesus has reached the deepest parts of my heart, satisfied the deepest desires of my soul, and filled all the rivers and reservoirs of my life with His love for me. As the song says, I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul, the lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. God shed the Holy Spirit abundantly upon his redeemed. The gospel doesn't just give us the bare essentials. <laughs> Man, do you ever do you ever just start thinking? When, when you start thinking about What it's going to be like to actually live forever. What it's going to be like when we actually have no more tears to shed. No more sorrows. No more heartache. When you you start actually trying to imagine what it's going to be like to be in the presence of God. And life and love and liberty and joy is just going to be flowing. Our cup's going to be overflowing. Forever and forever and forever. Sometimes I begin to think about that. And I get so excited, so excited. The gospel doesn't just give us the bare essentials. Sometimes you go car shopping. You know, there's different trim levels with car shopping. You have the basic, you know, the bare bones you have that little mid-level, you know, and with each one, the cost goes up, and you try to figure out, okay, what do I need, what do I not need? But then you got that limited trim level. That's got the works, you know. It also has a heavier price tag, and so a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I just need transportation. So, I, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'll just get the bare essentials, not the gospel, not the gospel. The gospel gives us more than we could ever desire for life, holiness, health, purpose. There won't be any doctor visits anymore. Brother Tony, you won't have to worry about uh, uh, your your foot. You won't have to worry about anything like that anymore. All we need for health and purpose is in peace and joy for all eternity. Our light shall never go out. Our well shall never run dry. And God shed His gracious Holy Spirit abundantly upon us. How? Look back at that phrase. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Prepositional phrase. Just as Brother Shepherd spoke of this morning as well. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. You see Jesus. Why is it through Jesus? Jesus made us worthy to receive the blessing of God's Holy Spirit. God does not bless unrighteousness. He does not reward wickedness. God does not shed His Holy Spirit abundantly upon rebellious sinners. Which we were all born into. Sin always brings God's curse. Sin always results in death, and we are all sinners. So how does a righteous and holy God pour out his holy spirit abundantly upon unholy sinners like us? He does so through Jesus Christ our savior. <laughs> He blesses us and He rewards us through the righteousness of Christ. He does so on the basis of Jesus' life instead of our own. As a man, Jesus lived a life that qualified Him for the abundant blessing of the Holy Spirit of God. Remember when Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist? What was poured out on Him? The Holy Spirit of God. And how was He poured out on Him? Abundantly. In fact, the Bible says, The Father gives not the Spirit by measure unto Him. absolute, without measure the Holy Spirit was given Jesus. So Jesus, and God looked at Jesus, and God said to everybody, He said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And because God was pleased with the righteousness of Christ and the holiness of Christ and, and, and how Christ had fulfilled all of his law, he pours, he sheds the Holy Spirit of God abundantly upon him. But you see, remember, I told you earlier that Jesus, the same one speaking to the woman at the well, was the same one speaking to us, to the prophet Isaiah, the same God, the same Spirit. Jesus was not without the Holy Ghost. If you will remember, Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Remember that? When, when, when Mary said, How's, how am I going to be pregnant with a baby? Saying, I know not a man. And the angel said, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Right? And so Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was never separated from the Holy Spirit because Jesus is God. And so here is Jesus. He's conceived. He is the Son of God. The Son of God doesn't need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The Son of God is God. So (laughs) the one is the other and the other is the one. So Jesus as the Son of God didn't need the Holy Spirit. Do you know who the Holy Spirit was poured out on in the River Jordan that day? It was the Son of Man. Jesus is the Son of Man. It was man who needed the Holy Spirit of God. And so as a man, Jesus, in all of these pristine, righteous, holy qualifications, having lived His perfect life thus far, He's in the, the River Jordan, and God sheds His Holy Spirit abundantly upon Him, and... As a man having received the Holy Ghost poured out on him, he did so so that those who trust in him, the Holy Ghost can be poured out on them. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out on Jesus, I want you to notice what did not happen. He did not go. You know what I'm saying? We've got churches today, and they think when the Holy Ghost is poured out on them, they fall on the floor, they do all this stuff. Didn't happen. That's not indicative of the shedding of God's Spirit upon us. In the book of Acts, when people spoke in tongues, the tongues were languages. The languages were known by the people around them. They were earthly languages. And that was for the furtherance of the gospel and to put God's seal on those apostles and say, My Spirit's back. And go ye into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. Let no race stand in your way. Let no tongue stand in your way. You go tell the good news to everyone. He wants to pour the Holy Spirit out upon us all abundantly. And so through the qualification of Jesus through His merit, through His qualifications, God's Spirit is poured out on us when we believe and rest our faith in the qualifications of Christ instead of our own. Make sense? God has a marvelous plan with this Gospel thing. So through the Gospel, we use Jesus' qualifications... And receive all the benefits our loving God wants to give us. And by God's grace, we'll take back up in the next verse, next Lord's Sunday. Don't you love the Bible? Aren't you glad you have a Bible? We have to sit around in darkness, we can walk in the light. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for those who came here today. Thank you for your wonderful truth not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to your mercy you've saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost which you shed upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray and we thank you. Amen.